I was born for his service He filled me with purpose Take your time while you worship him I'm unplugged from the matrix Believe without seeing I'm plugged into the matrix The Daily Perspective Welcome to another episode of the Daily Perspective Podcast I'm your host Mr. Daily And uh, we'd like to welcome you to episode 9 of the Daily Perspective podcast. This episode is called The Price of Purpose. And with me, I have my co-host, Dr. Terrence Johnson. <laughs> like, like you, you need a real official introduction. I'm doing the LA Lakers um, championship okay. announcement. <laughs> okay. I'm in. I'm in the start line of now. I'll be yeah. Honest. I'll be <laughs> oh man, those guys did it again, man. They did their. Um, yeah. So that's another championship. Mm-hmm. So did you, did you watch the did you watch the the games? Did you watch yeah. the finals? Actually, I watched I watched Game Five. Honestly, I really forgot about Game Six. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I forgot about it, but I just I just forgot about it. I didn't even know what happened till uh, yesterday morning, and I saw the highlight, uh, and I was like, "Oh man, I missed the game." But I did watch my Saints last night win. Pray oh God. man, they 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 almost lost. I was I was nervous for about oh, a whole hour. But you you know, you know Washington lost. Washington <laughs> lost. I, I I mean we won in week one, and then. Yeah. For, Ever since then, it's just been, it's been a wrap. It's just been like, those guys ain't even show up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why they bother putting on their uniform. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they got to get a check. So, you know, they got <laughs> yeah. to show, show up so they can get their money. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, man. So, this episode came about, oh, before we get into that, let's give a shout out to our YouTube viewers our listeners on spotify apple music google podcast um pocket cast breaker uh wherever you're listening to us from uh we, we appreciate your support we appreciate you checking in every week um we aim to continue bringing you good good content and uh, you know we hope you we hope you're enjoying everything that we're, we're bringing to you so uh yeah, so this episode came about off the back of last week. Mm-hmm. We was talking, I said something, and you just, you just, you just tried to sneak it in there. You was like, <laughs> you was like, oh, but you know, that's the price of purpose. <laughs> and I, was like, oh. I was like, message. <laughs> yeah. No, no. See, see, now you you make it seem like I I did the major thing. See, you was going into a whole sermon <laughs> for like twenty minutes, and I just I just ended it with that because you had already you know the offering plate had came around and we was already. <laughs> Including service, so before we left, you know, I just had to put that in. You dropped it, in. yeah. But yeah. It, it was, um, it's definitely, definitely um, a topic that I think, you know, this it it flows so nicely. It, it it's come about at the right point. Yeah, uh, we've talked about the pain of purpose. We've talked about um, forgiveness and its impacts on your purpose and. Just so many things, but the one thing we hadn't talked about, mm-hmm. and probably one of the most important things, is about 
the price of your, of purpose. You know, how much is this? How much is your purpose going to cost you? Right. How much does it cost to go out after your purpose? What is that? Are you willing to pay that price? So when you think of the price of purpose, what comes to mind for you? Well, so, and I've been thinking about it a lot too. So if at first price always goes to like the investment or something or the value or something. Right. And I was thinking about it this morning. I think your purpose starts when you understand your value until you understand your value, then you can't go full, um, fully into your purpose because you don't know one, what your purpose is valued as, but you don't know how valuable you are in context of your purpose. See, you, you're, you're starting, you out the gates early today. <laughs> you're out the gates early. You're, you're not even pulling any punches. You're, you're coming out swinging those uppercuts already. So, Say that again. That okay. for me, that, that that was like an opening uppercut, straight to yeah. just straight to the jaw. <laughs> yeah, but well, I think it, I think it's true. So I'll say it again. So in, in order to start the journey of your purpose, one you had to know the value of your purpose, and then you had to know the value of yourself. Because if yeah. you think about it, if if I don't know my value, then wherever I am. I let that define my worth. Yeah. So if it's my job that is giving me the, my value, then I will hold and cling on to that. Because if I leave that, then what is my value? Because my mm. value is wrapped up in that. But if I understand my value without the context of something else, but I know my value within, then it's easier for me to leave things that I know that doesn't reflect my value inside. And so personally, that was one of the first steps I took when I when I uh, I quit my job, I realized my value was more than where I was. Yeah. And I had to then go and leave that structure to figure out well what what can what does my value allow me to do now? Instead of I need something to make me feel like I'm valuable. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I think when I think about the price of purpose, it's a similar thing. Um, knowing what you are worth, knowing, and, and I think it's something that people, everyone seems to struggle with because mm -hmm. traditionally we've, our, our worth is defined by our salary, right? That's yep. whatever you get paid, however much money you make, that's what people believe you're worth. And, and we come and we buy into that structure. We buy into that system. That, okay, so if I'm really good at what I do, then I'm going to get paid this because that's what I'm worth. But that's really got nothing to do with it. Because your value is so much bigger than that. Your value is so much deeper than just the monetary, um, the monetary aspect. You know, if we, if we look at some, some of the people that 
have had significant value in society. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Mother Teresa, Mahatma Gandhi. These people were not rich. These people made very little money um, if you were comparing them to kind of the people, the influencers and, the, and business moguls and people that, that, you know, that a lot of people put respect on their name. Mm-hmm. But the people that, that had so much value and did so much monetary-wise, they weren't worth a lot. It's the same as Jesus. The value of Jesus's life was so much more than what he was worth in terms of uh, a monetary aspect. He was a carpenter's son. He had no home. He, he lived as a nomad going from place to place, living off the kindness of strangers. Mm-hmm. So your value has nothing to do with what we've come to associate with value in the world. Your, your value is, is so, is intri- as you said, it's intrinsically linked to your purpose. The bigger your purpose, the bigger your value. The, the more God is invested in you. So, and I, I use that term because I know that's one of the, yeah. that is one of the aspects of price, of purpose. Mm-hmm. What are you willing to, so much has been invested in you. So what are you willing to invest in yourself? Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to connect some dots that you just said. It was a couple of things. And I'm going to save something else because you just said something. I'm going to save it to the end. Uh, All the people you were naming and you were saying as far as monetary-wise, they weren't rich. But they did enrich Mm. a lot of lives. And I think that's the thing that gets forgotten about with purpose. We want to get connected to the thing that pays us, but it doesn't enrich others. Yeah. So then it's all for us. And then not for anybody else. So I was um, I was watching earlier this morning, uh, Mike Tyson. He got yeah. a podcast. So actually, it was him and Evander Holyfield was on talking. And like I said, if you know, you remember the you know the history. Like, yeah, yeah, you know the history. <laughs> he, uh, it, you know, Mike Tyson was the one that bit Evander Holyfield's ear. But uh, little did I know until I watched it. They they knew each other way before then. They knew each other when they were like amateur boxers. So they had been knowing each other for years. Right. But the clip, the name of it was Ego versus Humility. And as they were talking, Evander Holyfield was talking about his mom and how his mom pretty much guided his life. And pretty much the thing that she instilled in him, he believed. And that was like the anchor for him. And so, and, and Mike Tyson was talking about it too. He was saying like, man, you always been so humble. And he was like, I was always ego driven. So it was like with the money and all that kind of stuff, it was just feeding, the more people would give me praise and stuff, they were just feeding me. Yeah. He was like, but you didn't need that. He was like, you didn't really do and allow that lifestyle to kind of overwhelm you. And he said something that his mama told him. He said, you know, 
uh, for you to be, you know, always save your money. Or if you have enough money to save, then you got enough money to bless other people. Right. You like, I always be a blessing to somebody else. So the money that you get, save that. So then you'll have more than enough. And because you got more than enough, then you're able to bless other people. And so not just in financial time, but just like you were saying too, all them people you named, they operated from an overflow, but it was because they were saving things that they knew that was going to pay off in the end. And so they could sacrifice certain things knowing that it wasn't necessarily just for them. Right. It was easier for them to then give like they gave because they understood that their whatever accolades or whatever recognition they got, it was really just so they could invest more in the people. Right. See that it's funny because uh, I'm not sure if you remember, but the f- the first few times we talked and we talked about legacy. Yep. And I said, for me, what I consider legacy to be is not, I, I, I don't look at, my legacy is not wrapped up around how much money I make, how much um, people scream my name in praise of me, but it's about how people will remember me for enriching the lives of others. It's not how much I gained from myself, but how much of myself I poured out to other people. Um, so when you started to speak about um, enriching the lives of others, that is why those guys have legacy. And that is something that I've always modeled my life on, my, that my legacy, and, and it's, I'd never really thought about it from their perspective, but I'd always believed that life is not about what you do for yourself. It's what about, it's about, what you leave behind for others, what you do for others, how much can you enrich the life of others? I'm not saying to forget about living your life because you, as we said, you can't be a people pleaser, yep. but you can enrich the lives of others. And then when you, when you talked about, um, when you talked about overflow and, mm-hmm. and what Evander Holyfield was saying, um, again, it's, Strangely enough, it was a, it was something that I, I said to my wife um, when things, when our lives started to change, and you know when we were in a season where we had quite a bit of income, and I said, you know, it's important for us to remember that the excess income that we have, it's not just about us living, a, it's not about us living a lavish life or or buying a new car or flossing or doing whatever. Mm-hmm. There are people out there that can't feed themselves. How many homeless people can we feed? How many people that can't afford something can we help pay for something? What can we do with the extra that God has given us? How can we use that to help other people? Because the more we... Um, the more we invest in others, the more God will invest in us. And again, I keep using that word because for me, the price is so heavily wrapped 
in how you invest. And I'm not going to say more than that right now, but it is so heavily wrapped in how you invest, whether it's time, money, whatever. How are you invested? So, like you were saying, and this is something that I've been reading more about, but it kind of just came to me this morning. Um, and I, I can't remember if I talked about it before, but you, I know you know the show, like Secret Millionaire. And, you know, people that have money, they go around. Yeah. And they kind of pose as, you know, just an everyday person. They get to know about things in the area. And then they give money to people. Yeah. Uh, but what you were, what you were just saying, it made me think about something I had wrote it down this morning. Uh, what if what we're going through uh, is is a, a secret investment in other people's lives? Right. So the so the so the struggles and the hardships and things that we're we're going through is not for us. And so I was thinking, I like, what if we are secret intercessors in people's lives where what we go through is almost like we then can intervene for other people, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly, but by the way we go through life. Yeah. Because some, sometimes the way people can witness us going through a situation, they might not, they might not know all the details, but they can see how we handle things and that could be an answer for something that they have a question about it's like oh okay well this is a way for me to do that or i know this is going on with this person so but they don't let that hinder them so i shouldn't allow my situation to hinder me it's so almost it remind me when i was uh when i start when i first started off teaching i was a student and a teacher at the same time so as, as I was adjunct teacher, I was still going to class. I was teaching class and going to class. Yeah, <laughs> from week to week. So I was I was on both sides of it, and uh, I remember I asked one of my students. They had an assignment, and they they came up to me after class. They was like, uh, "Miss Johnson, I uh, I was just frustrated. I was overwhelmed by everything I had going on. And I and I just thought about it. It's like, Mr. Johnson, he." He teaching us and he in school and he working full time. And I don't have reason to complain. And like you motivated me. I said, well, I'm glad the foolishness of yeah. my life motivated you <laughs> to, do better, to do better. But like I said, I was just going through, I was just going through it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But for them, and because I was upfront with it, I was just I, I was always real transparent with my students about like just how the real world is and operates. And so I would let them know kind of where I was uh, in my life. And I think for that, that honesty did something for them, but it also motivated them in ways that I didn't know. I was just trying to make it to the next day. I was, yeah. I was like, Lord, you just let me wake up tomorrow. <laughs> And I get about the bed. I'm fine. Yeah. You just said, but you just said something that I, I it hadn't even crossed my mind until you said it. That one of the one of the um, part of the price of purpose is transparency. Of yeah. this, God, God has an expectation in you mm-hmm. that you will be transparent in what He is in what you are going through 
in order for you to fulfill your purpose because there is um and again we've had these conversations about how personally i like to live my life as an open book and i know you're very much the same mm-hmm. everything i go through i believe i go through this because at some point i have to help someone else go through a situation and how do you, how do you encourage someone how do you let someone know that they're not alone when you are not willing to be transparent about what you've been through yep how do you help someone that is struggling with addiction when you don't let them know that you're you've recovered from addiction yep how do you know and the thing is we diminish these these things as part of purpose because they look ugly we diminish um our our battles and our victories and our testimony we diminish our testimony because it doesn't again it's that whole thing it doesn't fit the pretty picture it doesn't fit what our worldly perception of of success or what looks good should be so we try and leave it out but god requires that transparency in us he he requires that vulnerability in us because part of part of the price that we have to pay to achieve our purpose is to put it all out there you have to be willing to be open enough to be vulnerable enough to have people say oh so you an addict or you are a, you you're telling me this but you are you you were an addict or you're telling me this and you went to jail or mm-hmm. you you're telling me this and you were bankrupt or you you're telling me this and you were this or what whatever your story may be because we all have a story we we all have a story but are you transparent enough to share your story and let someone see the real you and connect with the real you so that you can really be what you were purposed to be yeah so you you went right into one of my one of my <laughs> next points so and i and i had wrote it down early last week and it didn't click to me really until this morning and now when you said that it clicked again so I, one of the verses I had was uh, Ephesians third chapter thirteen verse, and it's really when you know Paul was in jail. But one of the things he was saying was he didn't want his present situation to deter you know the people he was writing to to be down. So because yeah. he was in jail, he was bound. He didn't want them to feel sorry for him. He was trying to get them to understand that this is part of my purpose. And I got to let you know where I'm at. But right. even in this situation, I have, you know, not only victory in it, but it's also it's building me for what I have to do next. And and so I think for a lot of us, we we feel like we are in prison to something uh, yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, but that that the time <laughs> that we serve in. Uh, is not just for us, it's for us to write down what is going on with us in the process of it. 
in yeah. order to prepare ourselves, but also give it to other people. And that was one thing uh, Keon was preaching about Sunday. And he was saying, he said something, and I was like, ooh, he was talking about, you know, how we always say, like, our wounds, you know, we focus on the pain of it. He was saying that our wounds are our prophecy. And they're prophetic because it's always to then point other people to God. Right. But one of the things he was saying, and I thought about it too when you were talking, most people, they, well, I'm not, I'm going to say it this way. We welcome people into our success, but yeah. we don't welcome people into our pain. And one thing I learned, um, I, I like to read, I like to watch storylines, I mean, watch movies and stuff. You really connect to, to characters and movies that you understand the character's pain. And yeah. you're like, that's me. I understand that. Just the, one of my one of my favorite shows is This Is Us. Uh, right. I love that show. And Randall reminded me so much of myself. Uh, even when he had like the, the panic attacks and all that kind of stuff or trying to make sure everything's perfect and all that. And through all them challenges, I was like, ah, there's somebody on, on TV that I feel like I connect to because I yeah. feel I know that. I know that struggle. I know that. I know that that pain and that frustration of like, man, nobody really gets it but me. Right. And sometimes we are that for other people, and we don't realize it. But even us telling our story and telling the bad parts of our lives, it it heals other people. Um, even. Thinking back, we did a, uh, I think it was last spring or something, we did a uh, a presentation to a group, of, like a men's group, at, it's a it's a homeless shelter in Jackson, and it's called a Gateway Rescue Mission, and so they have like, uh, like a men's Bible study or whatever, uh, on a, I think it's Wednesday nights or something like that. And we talked about like the crossroads. That was kind yeah. of what we talked about and distractions and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that I led with was the story of me and my dad and how we didn't have the best relationship, how I didn't want nothing to do with for a long period of my, of my, my life because this thing that had happened. And I, I told him about the story of when I was in college, I was going to Bible class and, uh, our, our pastor was talking about the different types of love. Mm. And he was talking about agape love. And it was like, as he was talking, it was like, God was saying, you need to call your dad. Because it had been months since I had called him. I was like, man, I ain't calling him, man. <laughs> 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 and then and it was like, on the way home, he just was like, constant, constant. Because it took about 15, 20 minutes for me to get back to yeah. my, my apartment. And I was like, man, I like God. Look, if you want, but that's why I did. I probably said, Lord, if you want me to do this, you got to you got to tell me what to say because you know what I want to say. Yeah, and you know it ain't gonna it ain't gonna be you know it ain't gonna be Sunday morning. That's what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> so you gonna have to do this uh, if you want me to do this. And yeah. So I, I called him and I was like, Hey, look, I just want you to listen 
I don't want you to say nothing. I just want you to listen. Then when I'm done, you can talk, but I just want you to listen to me. And I just really went into a conversation about how I felt about stuff that went on, you know, uh, growing up and how I felt about it. Just me, not not attacking him, but I was just personalizing and saying, hey, this is how I felt about these things. And I got to the end, I said, okay, now you can talk. <laughs> and, and, and he was like, you know, I, I'm not going to say I agree with everything you said. He's like, but he's like, at this stage, he's like, I really recognize you as a man. You came to me as a man. You didn't, you know, disrespect me. I didn't cuss. I didn't do none of that. Uh, but I just really showed how it felt to me. And I knew the guys in there, a lot of their issues were because of the father-son relationship. Yeah. And I know because I've, I've counseled so many guys. But I didn't know when I was younger, I was, that was payment for somebody else in the future. Because of all that pain and all that stuff that happened back then, I'm able to recognize that soon because I, I counseled a lot of the guys. I counseled football players. I yeah. counseled like all them. So when they came in, I could see it. I already knew what the, what the problem was. So when they walk in my office and I was like, the first question I always like, what's your relationship with your dad? Like, how's your relationship with your dad? They're like, man, I ain't even done that, man. I, I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where it's at right there. That's, that's the work right there. But that's the thing. So we go through those things not for us and not for God trying to punish us. He got to take us through a process. So then it's people connected to that pain that we can now help heal. But if we didn't experience that, we couldn't then show people the way through it because yeah. we wouldn't recognize. So, but yeah. So Yeah, no. So whew, there's a, you, you said a whole lot. You, <laughs> you, you taking us, uh, you taking us all the way down. You brought us back, and but you said something. So just how you finished that, and I love the fact that you, you know, you were again. This is why I said for us, this transparency thing, it yeah. means so much to me because, yeah. in the same way that you called your dad, yeah, I called my parents now. Yeah. My dad is my best friend. Mm -hmm. I, I love my dad to bits. I talk to my dad all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we, we chop it up about just any, any and everything, random stuff. I just love to hear his voice. And it's taken me a very long time to get to a point where, you know, when I, when, whenever, it's, whenever the moment comes, I always give my dad his flowers. I, I tell him how much, how proud I am of him, of how he raised me, the example that he gave me, um, just all sorts of things. I tell him how much I love him because I think that's something that in the, again, be from an African culture, yep. it's not something that men commonly did with their with their sons or with their fathers. And I, I was, I guaranteed that in my generation, I was going to be the one that was going to break the cycle because everyone, and funny enough, um, 
I had this conversation with my wife as well yesterday that, um, you know, people always, I hadn't, I, I said to her that even in our marriage, I haven't been my authentic self because growing up, I was super affectionate, um, affectionate with my mom, my siblings, my, um, my, my dad. I was always, I, it, it was just love. I, I love to express love, mm-hmm. but it was, again, within our culture, it was looked, it was looked upon as though I was weird. Like as a boy, why, why the hell are you so touchy feely? You know, why are you so touchy feely? Why are you so, why do you keep wanting to tell people you love them? Why do you keep wanting to? So I immediately, as I got older, because people kept saying this to me, I withdrew. I put walls up. So when I got into, um, so I said to my wife that, you know, I've never really been the full version of myself with you because I didn't want you to feel as though I was smothering you. But that wasn't, that's not because that's how she made me feel. That was because of how I had become, how I had started to view myself. I started to view myself as this smothering personality Um, because I started to accept what other people were saying. But going back, so I, I, I didn't, me and my dad growing up, I was mad, I was mad at my parents for, for, for a long time because I felt as though my older brother got a whole heap of attention, my younger sister got a whole load of attention and I was the kid in the middle that everyone forgot about. Then. So I did a lot of stuff myself. I had to learn to rely on myself. Then um, to top it off, I always felt like no matter what I did, it was never good enough. Yep. Because there was always this, not, maybe, not so from my dad. My dad always pushed me to be the best that I could be. But from my mom's side, it was like, oh, so-and-so's kids are doing this. Why can't you do that? So-and-so's kids are doing that. Why can't you do that? Your cousins are doing this. Your brother is doing this. So it just felt like it was never good enough. So again, I started to build resentment towards, um, I had this resentment building up because I felt, well, no matter what, I'm not good enough. So, I think it was maybe about seven, seven, eight years ago, I called my parents one day and I said, listen, I'm at a point in my life now where I need to, I need to just get these things off my chest because I, I have to start freeing myself. This is when I started to understand more about grace. And I said, I don't need you lot to say anything. I'm just going to tell you how I felt. Yeah. I felt like the black sheep of the family. I felt like the one that was never good enough. And I told them everything that I felt. And I know it hurt. I know it hurt them to hear that. But I needed to to release. I, I needed that release and to get that off my chest. What it did 
was it created this healing that allowed me to move forward in my relationship, not just with the people around me, but with them as well. Um, after that point, me and my dad grew so much closer. I started to, and then as I started to move into the different stages of fatherhood and being a man, I started to appreciate the sacrifices that he had to make to give us a, to give us a, you know, the life that he, the best life that he could give us. Um, so again, some of that resentment that I felt started to fade away because I started to appreciate it. Now, maybe there would have been an, more of an, an, of an understanding and an appreciation if we didn't have these cultural barriers that we built up because it wasn't okay, it wasn't seen as okay for a man to talk about his emotions and how he felt. But that's not me. I needed to hear how you feel. I need to hear your emotions. I need to know that you cry. I need to know that you felt weak. I need to know all these things. Uh-huh. That pain that I went through, going through that journey, was part of the price that I had to pay in my, in my journey, in my purpose journey. Because I now understand how to help someone who is feeling those same things that I felt. I now ha- understand how to help someone who may be struggling to relate to their parents or who may be feeling that they can't live up to the expectation or who may be feeling that people can't accept them for who they are. I now know how to help those people walk, walk that journey. And it's, um, and don't get me wrong, people, I still get, the comments of, oh, you're being hypersensitive. Oh, you're overreacting. Oh, no, I'm giving you my truth. You may not want to accept my truth or you may not appreciate my truth for what it is, but I will give you my open, honest truth transparently because if someone is willing to truly receive what you've been through, then there is an opportunity to connect and help them move past whatever they may be going through. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna you me. It's so many ways I want to go with this, but I got I got to close. I got to close. Okay, yeah, my, you can... my, the story I started to then connect back to yours. Okay. So, and then, it, but it all of what you said, I I'm telling you, I, I resonate with all parts of what you just said. <laughs> but but so going back into to the story with my dad. So the reason why that was important for me to have that conversation because maybe a year and a half, two years after that conversation, I had moved back to Jackson and I had bought a house. Um, and the house needed some work. So then my dad came down to help me kind of renovate it. In the process of him helping me do it, he had an aneurysm uh, in his stomach that ruptured, and he pretty much could have died. But 
because my house was so close to the hospital, if he would have been anywhere else, he would have died. And if I wouldn't have made that call, then, mm. then that call healed that relationship so that I could be in place to then do that. Yeah. So then the the very thing that I felt like I lacked for so long, for so many years that I feel like I lost in my relationship with my dad, I did gain back. Now, a lot of those years was him going back and forth into the hospital, but it was uh, I was able to spend time with my dad that I didn't have over the past like 15 years. So we really caught up in about four years and kind of caught made up for lost time. Yeah. And I wouldn't have had that if I didn't forgive him and close that chapter of the pain. Now I can't say it was other stuff they didn't he didn't do that made me upset and pissed me off. <laughs> it did happen. And it's a you know it's a continuous process. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, but we gotta understand it. Um so uh but I I value them years um because we were able to go uh different places. I said my dad sang, I sing, so we used to go to churches together and sing. He was like, This is my son, and my son gonna sing and sing son. And I, so <laughs> yeah. like, so all that all that stuff we got a chance to do. And I you know, I appreciate that, I value that time, but I had to be a bigger person and really meet him where he was at at this stage in life. Yeah. Uh, and really appreciate it like this. So now it's an understanding, but it wouldn't have been that way, like you were saying, if that conversation, because, and it, okay, so now I'm gonna go back, back to yours. So one of the things you were talking about, and I felt that way the same too, but I believe it has a lot to do with the introversion too. Right. As introverts, we feel differently than other people. So our feelings are deep internally, but it's harder for us to express those externally all the way. Uh, because, because we feel so deep, we sometimes feel we overwhelm people. Yeah, <laughs> <externally>. yeah. <laughs> so like we had to balance out like, okay, how far, how much? I how can much, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what level? Uh, but I believe too, that's, that's part of the price. I believe you have a real great purpose and calling. You have a certain type of displacement in your life where you feel like you don't fit. Everywhere you are, it's like, I don't, I don't fit in. I don't feel like I fit in my family. I don't. Mm. I don't know about get me. <laughs> like, I wish yeah. somebody would just get me. Uh, and I think it's then it's those same people that gravitate toward us. Because, you know, and I'm pretty sure you the same way. People like, you know him? Or you know her? Like, how you know them? But they seem so different than you. And they're like, I get them. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I get them. We got we on the same path. I yeah. understand. Uh, and then, too, the other thing is the isolation. And I think that that's another price for purpose. Because I believe you have to have a certain uh, time with yourself to then be able to visualize and able to conceptualize what the purpose will be. And if you're a person that's always 
conditioned to be around a lot of people, it's harder for you to break away. Yeah. To hear what you need to hear, to hear your own thoughts or whatever like that. And so that can be, and this is something, so I'm going to say it now. So part of that investment and what God wants to do in us, sometimes he takes us away from people because they will cause us to lose our investment. Yeah. So all the things that we've been sacrificing for and we've been building towards, oh, that's a little spider. <laughs> it's kind of making a whip. But uh, so the thing that we've been building, it may have taken us 15, 20 years to build it. But it only takes one person to tear it all down. Mm, real talk. And, and so I think he has to shelter us from people and things. And that's why I always feel like we alone all the time. Like even even if we with people, it's easy to feel alone because they don't understand where you going or yeah, what you see. Yeah. Like you see, so like man, I'm smiling. I'm smiling because <laughs> yeah, I'm, you, I'm talking. You, I'm talking, you talking to my soul right now. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm talking to you. I'm talking your language. Yeah, you talking to my soul right now. Yeah, so that's why it's so frustrating. Because like man, if y'all understand, if y'all could see what I see, if y'all would just listen, <laughs> if people would just listen, I, 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 I I'm telling you, it's gonna be great. But you just think about the people in the Bible. You think about Noah. You think about all these people that God gave a vision and nobody else saw it but them. And then yeah. how they isolated them and how they got, they filled this place and how they got, you know, the other, the, the next piece of it is, is the, uh, it's the, hold on, I wrote it down. Sacrifice. Oh, no, not sacrifice. Oh, it's the sacrifice? Sacrifice is one, but that, that's not the that's not the word I was looking for. Let me look them up. Persecution. Right. So that's where the persecution comes in. Uh, no, you keep telling us about it. it's gonna rain and it been you've been saying this like 10 20 years. Like it ain't <laughs> you been saying this for a minute. <laughs> it, it ain't it ain't rain yet. I, man, I man, you Man, look, Noah, you got something going on, man. That man, he ain't, he ain't right in the head. He, he keeps talking about the rain. He keeps talking about the rain. And then, and, and then the, 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 the crazy part of it was the thing he was describing had never happened yet. So it had never rained yet. Yeah. <laughs> so he preparing for something that had never happened yet. And he got to engage people to then do or buy into that vision. Mm. And that's where a lot of us are where it's like, man, how do I buy get people to buy into something that is not full of form or it's totally different than what other people think? And it's that frustration of you tell somebody like, mm, that's cool. Or you tell somebody like, oh, look at you with your little business, your little little book, your little, yeah, you know, people yeah, put little yeah. in front of something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you know, guy, y'all doing a little thing, little. Oh okay, yeah. and it's like, man, you don't even understand it. But that's part of the price because you have to be committed to it so fervently. And I, and I don't use you the use that word, but I think that is the word. You got to be so fervently connected to it that, in spite of your situation, in spite of what other people say you will move forward 
even if you don't even know what you're moving forward into. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm let you go. Oh, I, know man. You, I know you. I know yeah, you. I know you. Feel, I'm, I know I'm, you feel. I'm. I'm. I'm fixing to. I'm fixing to preach. <laughs> I I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go. I told you. I did. I did prime, prime you up so you can go. Go ahead. Oh man. So um, for me, and I, I, I've been I've been saving this, but I think it's the right time to 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 talk about it now, but. To understand the price of your purpose, mm -hmm. you have to understand the prize of your purpose. Mm -hmm. And what you what you've been talking about for me until Pete, because we can see. So one of the reason I started to smile, you said something that resonated so much with me. I was, it made me remember moments where I was stood in a room full of people, yep. but I never felt so alone. Yep. Because everyone there just didn't understand what I had in my heart. Yep. They didn't understand the vision that I had. Even when I used to tell people, when I was on, when I was on stage ministering, and I was ministering to, to, to these crowds of people and people would, would be coming and giving me praise and I'd be like, yeah, thank you, thank you. It's not, it's not about me. This is, I couldn't receive the praise because that wasn't the vision that God had given me. And my heart was so set on what I believed God had prepared me to, to do. I've known that I was going to teach. I didn't know which way I was going to teach, but I'd known that I was going to teach from the time I was about 16 years old. I already knew what my calling was. God would wake me up with dreams so real of me ministering and just an example of one was, um, I, rem I remember this dream. I was, it's weird because it was like a cross between a Wu-Tang video and a Jodeci video. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, 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 yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I had, I had on this, um, I had on this, the, the AV, I had the AVRX on. I had my had my Tim's on and um we were we were near this we were near this river and we were we were we were kinda in this pose kinda like the Jodeci pose on the rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had some thug R and B. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, yeah. but I was there with my Bible yeah. and I woke up, I woke up and the message God was giving me at that time was like, I've called you to teach to the ones that no one else wants to teach to. Right. I've called you to teach to, in an unconventional way because I'm going to use you and put you through unconventional things. So from a young age, I was already starting to understand where I was going. I could see the prize. I couldn't see the path. I couldn't see the journey, but I could see the prize. I could see 
what God had called me to. And it kind of made me remember, um, it took me to Abraham and um, when you, I went back to Hebrews 11. Yeah. I, I was thinking and I just remembered where you, where you took us to Hebrews 11 and um, just that story of faith. And that's what it, that's what it is. There is so much. It, the reason why I was, I'm able to pay the price of my purpose right now is because I have so much faith in the God that made the promise of the prize of my purpose. And the prize is not about what I will get out of it because the, there is a possibility that I may not even live to see the prize come into fruition. Yep. It may be generations down the line, but I believe so strongly in the prize of this purpose that I'm willing to risk it all for that prize. I'm willing to pay the price to get that prize because my faith in God, that, in, in, that he is a God that will fulfill the promise that he has laid out in the same way that Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac and he went up there ready to put, you know, the Bible tells us he was willing to, to, to sacrifice Isaac because he knew that, well, God has said that Isaac is the child through whom my descendants are going to be counted. So if I kill Isaac on here as a sacrifice, God is going to bring him back to life because he already told me Isaac's going to be the one that they're counting through. And Isaac ain't got no kids. So, hey, God's going it means Isaac ain't going nowhere. So I'm willing to do whatever God has told me to do because I know that it's still going to work out because he's a God who fulfills these promises. And it's the same thing. My road, my journey has been filled with so much pain. Um, I'd never, ever, ever in my wildest dreams thought that I would be someone that will sit here and openly admit to the fact that I've suffered from anxiety and panic attacks. Yep. Um, I've suffered from a damage to my mental well-being. That's something that, that people don't admit in our community. That's something that black men are not allowed to, or, or we believe black men are not allowed to, to, to experience. We are not, we're, oh no, we don't do that. That's white people problems. Yeah. Black, black people don't suffer from mental health issues. Black people yeah. don't, don't suffer from um, mental trauma. Yeah. Oh, oh no, no, you, you're, you're soft. You're soft. You're not, what do you mean you can't deal with, this, with all of this? You, you're, you're being soft. Um, no. Trauma, trauma is no respecter of, of, of man's status, whatever it is. Trauma is trauma. And I never thought that I would be someone that would be sitting here saying, no, I got to a point because, and, and this is the key, this is key to, to it. My trauma came because I was living outside of my purpose. My trauma came because I was chasing something that I wasn't supposed to be. 
My trauma was a result of me being disconnected from the God who would fashion my purpose and fashion my path. My, my trauma was a result of me taking a road that I wasn't supposed to take. So I orchestrated my own trauma, but God allowed my trauma because God had already seen that I was going to veer and take that path. So he had woven my trauma into my purpose so that I could use my trauma to fulfill my purpose. So, yeah, yeah, look, you, you, so when I, when I, when I, when I got on Bible Gateway this morning, the verse of the day was Jeremiah 29 and 11. (laughs) I know the plans I have for you. (laughs) And sometimes that is the most difficult verse to accept. We Mm -hmm. know it. All of us know it by heart. We quote it and all that kind of stuff. But when you look at your situation and then you look at the vision and you and you see the big gap, it's like, God, you showing me this, but this is what I'm seeing every day. This is my reality. Yeah. So how this in the plan? Like I that's what I want to know. How how is this the plan? But what I was thinking about earlier this morning, you know, when it says uh like you know, you know, you uh you count up the cost, but I don't just count up the cost. But it's like, what do you have to do to be a follower of God? Kind of when the disciples asking, you know, you take up your cross and you know, yeah. pretty much to leave. You have to sacrifice everything that you thought that you were, you had, or whatever, and follow Him. And so, when you're talking about sacrifice, another sacrifice that's the the price of purpose is the daily death of your own desires and wants. Right. And, and to then accept what God has every day. Right. Yeah. That is the day to day practice of it. Uh, and one thing you said too earlier, and I really resonated with, with that as far as people telling you who you are. And then you start to believe that, that then informs, like you were talking about the trauma too. So people start telling you things about yourself that you then take as true, that then moves you from your purpose. Because God equipped you with everything you need for your purpose, but people around you will get you deterred because they can't understand it. And if you don't have any acknowledgement or identification of your purpose, you will then be informed by people because people will inform you of what's around you. Mm. God sees, so God sees it from a top down perspective. So he can see the beginning and the end of it. So he was like, what you focused on right now is one point in this bigger scheme of things. You can't see that because you don't have the vantage point I have. Yeah, everybody else that's around you can only see what you see. Well, they they don't even really see what you see. They just see what they want to see, and they give you their viewpoint. And so then you'll be frustrated because they telling you something, you seeing something, and then God is telling is is preparing you for the whole thing, 
and you focused on what you see and what other people see of your situation. And he was like, that's why you have to have, you know, renew your mind, not just for a mental health standpoint, but renew your mind of thoughts that are not of God and not how God wants you to see yourself. Yeah. And I think we put so much weight in the people's perception of us, but we never question, well, what does God see me? How does God see me? Or God, show me, let me see me how you see me versus me trying to see how other people view me. Because yeah. that doesn't matter what they think of me. Now, they can, you know, now people that enjoy things about you, that's fine. But it doesn't matter if they accept it or not in the bigger scheme of things. Because if you always tied to the appreciation and claps of other people, then ah, what was I reading? Like, you don't want to be a slave to men. Uh, and you don't be you don't want to be a slave to men's appreciation or validation. Because they will stop you from doing stuff. Yeah. Because when you move and how God wants you to move, it's going to be a lot of people that don't understand it. And they're going to disapprove of it. And they're going to talk about it. And they're yeah. going to critique it. <laughs> and yeah. they're going to do all kind of stuff. Yeah. So you have to be, you have to, that's the count of the cost. Are you willing to welcome all that on? Because that's what's coming. It's going to be a lot of uh, uncertainty. It's going to be a lot of doubt. On your part, it's going to be a lot of, oh, Lord, I thought it was going to be quicker than this. Oh, I, I okay, Lord, yeah, you, you saved me, you know, from Egypt, but we've been out here running around for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I didn't want to go back. I can be in bondage again. I, I just, you know, I know what that is. So I, I don't want you just walking out here, you know, with the animals and people we out here in the sun in the sun <laughs> see you said man so when i was reading hebrews there was a point where it says um those people that left and that were looking forward they they knew what they'd left behind but they didn't want to go back because they were so locked into the promises of what was to come. Right. And I think that's what separates the people that have truly counted the cost of their purpose. Mm -hmm. They know that the journey is not going to be smooth. The journey is not going to be easy. The journey is going to be full of so much um uh what's the word i'm looking for it's going to be a rocky road mm -hmm. but the promise of what is ahead is way better than the comfort yep. of a, um yeah that's it it's the comfort it may not be physical comfort but it's that you know what you've left behind you it's familiar the familiarity of yep. what you've left behind of, of what yep. was behind of what is behind you. Yep. Most people that miss their purpose, most people that fail to, to truly walk into their purpose, can't let go of what is familiar. 
they become too afraid to separate from that familiar thing, even when it's painful, even when it is toxic, even when it is crushing and killing them. They are not willing to go through the pain to get to what will enrich them and give them life. So they, they go back to what is familiar and die a slow death. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, it's weird because just this constant decision to keep walking into my purpose has meant that over the last few months, it feels like God has just opened emotional floodgates in my life. I find myself extremely sensitive to the pain of others. Not because it wasn't there before, but because I'd conditioned myself to push it down. I'd conditioned myself to accept the the things that we saw we see in the world. But because we share we share the per- the same personality traits so you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah the, just the f- just a conversation about injustice uh-huh. almost brings me to tears now uh-huh. because there is a part of me that the in the inner parts of me what god has put in me to see happen in terms of sharing grace and love and bringing people together through grace and love. It hurts me to see so much pain in the world. It hurts me to, to hear about so many young children committing so suicide because of social media. It hurts me to hear about police brutality. It hears me to, it hurts me to, to hear about just random acts of violence and, and murder and all of these things because I know that it's, it's just separation from purpose and separation from God. But it takes us being willing to step into our purpose to truly embrace who we were created to be. And sometimes, as you said, embracing that in spite of what people Um, of how people persecute you, how isolated you feel, how displaced you feel, how persecuted you feel in embracing who you are, who you were created to be, whatever, whatever that looks like and running towards your purpose is what is going to help us push past this, just this, massive evil that we see today yeah no while you were talking and i, I i've had to, it was just so funny when you were saying it not funny and humorous but just ironic the last i, I wouldn't even say the last couple months it's almost been like the whole year it's just been a heightened sense of feeling everything yeah um and not like you were saying before, a lot of it is 
it's not necessarily your own pain, but the pain of others that you that kind of impacts you and kind of just comes in waves. Yeah, and you don't even know where it's coming from, who, wh- where it came. You're like, why, <laughs> why I feel so heavy all the time? Why I feel you know down and saying it's not like a I'm depressed about my own stuff. It's like I'm just. <sighs> It's just like it overwhelms you at times. Yeah. Um, but what one thing that I was thinking about too, as you were talking, is what you were describing is the process of your heart being opened again. And I think for people that feel a lot, a lot of times we are then conditioned to shut that off. Cause I know that was the one thing I always hated that people would say about him. Like, man, oh man, Tan's such a nice guy. I'm like, uh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate, yeah, I hated that term as well. Oh, uh, uh, I hated it. And so, like, I <laughs> fought it for so long, and I was like, nah, I don't be no nice guy. No, 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 no. They kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you understand, it's that's how you were created, but not to be a nice guy. But it, it you feel for people and yeah. for things and for causes in different ways and that you can't shut off. Uh, but when you start to understand why you created that way, you can lean more into it. And not saying that you just kind of just sit there all day and just be just, <laughs> just like, not, like, not like that, but it's, it's like you understand, okay, that's why people connect with me. Yeah, that's why people feel like oh, because I, I didn't understand people like man, you know, I just be you about the only person that that listen or I can talk to another. I'm like I don't know what I be doing. I just be yeah listening. Like I, I don't understand. Man, you just don't understand. Man. You know, and you don't understand your your value to people. You always feel like oh, people just want me to do something. People always need me for something. Oh, here goes somebody else gonna call me and they wanna talk. Mm. But when you start to understand, that's part of your makeup. That's how God created you to be. Then you can be more intentional with it about understanding and, and have that discernment of, okay, who needs me to call them today? Yeah. Who is God putting on my heart to then reach out to? And so I've been more intentional about it. When people come to my mind, it's like, okay, I need to get with them. There's something going on. I need to check in with them, see what's going on. And pretty much every time I think, I'm so glad you called. Yeah, it's been, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so now I can accept it more. I can embrace it more. But for the longest, I hated that part of me. Uh, and I, I wanted to shut it off. I was like, why I got to be the one that be, like you were saying before, like oh, everybody think I'm the sensitive one, I'm dead and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> da, da, da. I don't be that. Oh. Yeah. And, but it's a, it's a balance. And so it's, it's not, it's not a, a weak thing. It's almost kind of, you know, meek and being in control of your emotions or in control of your anger and stuff because you can then have that too so just like you have uh, a range of love for people you can have a deep range 
of hatred and anger toward people too. Yep. And and you have to balance it out because if you feel deeply, you feel deeply in all areas. Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that. It's and funny that, you say yeah. that. Yeah, and it can and that can take you a whole different place. So then yeah. that that can so if you think about it, you see you know, you think about a light and then you think about darkness, that can make your light dark. Yeah, I'm gonna oh, yeah. say something. I'm gonna say something. I'll let you get go, back to go, it. Go, but, go ahead. And, and listeners, please, please, please. I, I, I know this. Don't let this color your picture of me. No, don't, don't, don't let it paint, paint a different picture of me. Look, go ahead. Keep it, keep it well, 100. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you all. But I realized in the same way that I had, as you said, I had that. Deep love. Yeah. I always used to say to people that if someone hurts someone that I love, yep. then there's a very, very different side of me, a yep. very dark side of me that I don't like to, to go anywhere yep. near. Yep. And there is, um, you know, there is a, it's really weird. I don't know how to explain it, but I know that there is a capacity for so much rage yep. in me that you try and keep a lid on. Yep. I'm constantly trying to keep a lid on it. That mm -hmm. when people do things that aggra aggravate me, I focus on trying to stay positive because I know that if I get into it with that person and that rage comes out, I do not know what I'm capable of doing. Mm -hmm. So I've always said, you know, I used to say to, to my friends that, look, if they, if they do this, I, 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 I can torture someone. I, you know, I'll pull their toenails off. And <laughs> <laughs> I used, they, my friend used to look at me like, dude, you're twisted. And I'm like, I'm just saying that. Yeah. There is a rage in me that, that would make me want to inflict pain for as long as possible to yep. someone that hurts someone that I love. So I, I quickly understood that as deep as I, as I can love, I can also go to a very, very dark place with it as well. So it was just funny. We, we, again, ironic funny, not ha-ha funny. But I, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> when I know. you said it, I was like, yeah, Terrence understands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so so then that so then go back into the scheme of the purpose part. I think that is so. I believe God creates spaces in us to then rely back on Him. Yeah, because if we did have the such big heart, but we didn't have that, excuse me, those dark places. We wouldn't need him to balance us out. Yeah. So the balancing is not necessarily the hard part. We could do that all day. The balance we need is for the dark part that could then flip, <laughs> flip our goodness yeah. into some real bad. And that's what people don't understand. And so that just, just like uh, people always tell me, like, man, we'll never see you mad. I say, you don't want me to. Exactly. I, you don't you don't want me to be mad. I like I don't enjoy being mad because when I go there, it exhausts me. It it 
Yeah, I know. I'm talking. Yeah. Like, I'm talking yeah. like, I know. I know. I'm talking your language. I, I, you just want to sleep afterwards. Just because, like yeah. sleep for days. Yep. Because because it's that. So, like you were saying earlier, it's that suppression of all them emotions. Yeah. So I had to learn how to then do that in healthy ways, so I could process it, or. If I did have something that was bothering me, I do something positive to deal with. So just like you were talking about before, like you know, college drinking and stuff, I do that all day. I, that's what I. But that was a way of numbing some of that. Yeah. Because that anger, and it's like I, ain't, I don't have a a, a a avenue to release that. I gotta suppress it, and then when you suppress it, that can turn into depression. Yeah. Because a lot of depression is just you suppressing anger. And most of the time, people that's introverted, we suppress a lot of emotions. Because mm. then, a lot of people don't, because they feel like we don't talk, uh, or they want us to be more social and all that kind of stuff. We do need, you know, we do need time away to process. But then, too, that can be a detriment to us if we're alone too long. Yeah. Because then we'll overanalyze everything. And so it's like it's all it's always a balance. It's like we, we got to keep keep doing this and, 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 and trying to get back to balance yeah. because any any way left or right will throw us. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a constant battle to do that. Um but yeah, when people 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 say like, "Yeah, we don't never see you, man." Oh, I don't want you. You don't. Mm-mm. But what you say it too. So our anger is for a purpose. If yeah. we gonna go a a place and we gonna express that, it's for a value or a principle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, just get angry for the sake of being angry. Mm-mm, that, that, I don't that, do that. that mm-mm, that's too much. That's too much of an energy investment on my yeah. part. I can't. I can't do that. But if I'm gonna get angry, it's gonna be for a particular purpose. But I can't stay there long, so I gotta address the thing, and then let that, and then come back off of it. Yeah, because if I lean too much into it, like you said before, I I got unlimited resources to go. So if you want to go, I, I got it. <laughs> yeah. I got it now. Yeah, and I, that I, was I, always I my fear that yeah. if I lean too much into it, I don't know if I'll be able to pull back. Yeah, and that's why I get I get exactly what you're saying that that's why we need God to okay. I'm 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 keep I'm a poor light into that dark space because if you go there, we may lose you to that darkness for good. Yep. So yep. yeah, no, that made that made perfect sense. There's just <laughs> every, everything you said today. You're speaking speaking to my soul. Uh, look, I'm I'm on your street today. I'm on your street. This is just street. speaking to my soul, man. It's just <laughs> look, but. The price that has been paid, <laughs> the price is heavy. And, mm-hmm. and I, think that's, I think that's, you know, just sort of wrapping things up, but it's important for people to know that 
the price of purpose isn't cheap. We, we talked about where before, you know, yesterday when we spoke, we were talking about Paul and, and you've brought Paul up today and, mm. you know, you just gave, you just gave a, a, a snippet, just one of the times Paul was in jail. Because Paul, Paul went to jail a few times. He was, <laughs> he, he would if he was in the States, he would have hit that free strikes rule. He would have been, he'd, he'd have been um, 25 to life. <laughs> Look, we we'll, we'll don't even want to talk about that. Let, 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 let continue. We we'll don't talk about the prison. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, people don't appreciate what Paul went through. What Paul left was a life of recognition, a life of um, accolade. He was, he was a highly respected Pharisee. He was a persecutor of, of the Christians. And then all of a sudden, he went to being a man that was blinded, regained his vision, and gave up everything that he ever, he'd ever known or ever had, um, and became a nomad, traveling, sharing the gospel of Christ. And again, just like Jesus, relying on the good graces of other people. This is a guy that had it all. He went to being a guy that had nothing, but in his nothingness, he had everything because he recognized the price and the prize of his purpose. So again, appreciate that the price is not cheap but this is not something that you want to be cheap because it is something of significant value the reason it is not cheap is because you are not cheap you are valuable you are worth a lot God has invested so much in you so the cost to you is not going to be cheap. You know, your life is worth so much more. And that's, that's, that's the, you know, that's it. Yeah. Black, that's it. It's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going to say this. Maybe that'll be my last thing. I all right. All right. Close, so, close. Bring it to a close. <laughs> so hey, while you were talking, this is what, this what came to me. So. If if Jesus died for us, the least we could do is live for him. Right. Say that again. Say it again. <laughs> Go on and yeah. say it again. <laughs> yeah, look, if if Jesus died for us, the least we could do is live for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. They, it. they don't even need anything more than that. Mm-hmm. That's it. So thank you for listening. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Mic drop. Wow. <laughs> oh man. Um, see, I knew this. Uh, I knew this was what was gonna happen. When again. When yeah. we thought we were going to talk about certain things, it's going to go somewhere else. And, yeah, you know, for me, again, I, I'll say it again, I appreciate 
the level of transparency that you have on this. Yeah. Um, there is, you know, I respect. So people that don't know, I haven't known. I've, I've known Terence just slightly over a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The level of respect that I have for Terence is, you know, you would think that me and him and have known each other our whole lives. Yeah, there are are very few people that come into my life, and again, I've become very guarded with with friendship. And and Terence and Terence Mm -hmm. and Kendrick and the guys did um, Mm -hmm. a live on friendship yesterday, Mm -hmm. and they broke it down. But I have become because of past experiences, I have become guarded with who I consider friends. Yep. I consider Terence a friend. Yep. And when you understand what friendship means, mm. you know, for me, friendship is, is a layer beyond, and, and I know my, my, some of my family might get mad at this, but to me, friendship is more than blood because th- there are blood relatives that I am not friends with. But there are friends that are closer to me than family. Mm -hmm. And I consider Terence a friend. That is how deep our bond has been in a year. So when he comes on here and he shares so openly and so transparently, I can't help but reciprocate because. To me, it's so, I have so much respect for what Terence has to say. So, I appreciate you, bro. That's, that's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> no, 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 man. Uh, like I said, I, it, it has been, uh, like I said, I guess we just look back and like, man, how do we get here? Like, how do we get from just connecting on like a social media networking app and and like to get to this point, yeah. But you know, I I, I definitely believe it was it was a guy thing, uh, definitely. And because our first conversation was talking about church, uh, so, yeah. So, 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 but I I, I do appreciate I, I do appreciate you know the word and and but I do consider uh, David the same way as a, as a friend uh, and somebody that. I relate to a whole lot. It, yeah, it just, yeah. It's like it. The more and more we we have conversation, we learn so many similarities. It's like he'll be talking like, "Oh yeah," just like just like the other day, like, "Yeah, I did the Miles Bridge, and I'm an INFJ," and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> he was like, "Well, like." So it, a lot of it is uh, uh, is is like, man, you know, you go through life, and you're like, man. I always feel like I'm the only one feeling like this. Yeah. It's like, I, I can say that since me and David connected, he's somebody that I really feel like he gets it. Cause it's like, he experiences life like I experience it. Yeah. And so it's, it's cool where you feel like, okay, I ain't the only one. Like I ain't, this yeah, ain't just- I ain't alone. I, like, <laughs> I, I know it's some more people that, that yeah. think like that. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, man. It's been a 
it's been a real cool journey uh, to getting here, but now it feels, you know, organic, like an organic thing. It doesn't yeah. feel forced. I don't feel like I have to, you know, get on here and think a whole lot or whatever, or be Dr. Johnson or whatever. Yeah. It's just, it just kind of conversation like we have anyway. It's just like an extension of that. Yeah. But it, it has been, you know, a lot of growth spiritually from it too, because it's, it's good to have somebody that kind of keeps you on your toes and challenges, not in a bad way, but challenges, you know, kind of like your perspectives and yeah. about stuff. And you know they're going to be ready just like you ready. So much prep I do, he's going to do the same prep. Yeah. So, so, so let's see let's see where we're going to go. Let's see where we go. But, but he, he say I'm real transparent. I think he he's a lot more transparent than I am uh, <laughs> on here. But uh, so I just try to do my part because <laughs> you uh, you've been transparent from the from day one on here. So uh, so yeah, so I, I didn't know we were gonna go this place today, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's a definitely shared path. I would yeah, say. definitely. Um, and so I, I enjoyed. I look forward to it. I would have to make sure I get my prep on because I, I don't want to come in here looking crazy. <laughs> so, so I had to, had to prep. I had my notes, even though I didn't really read a lot of my notes. I kind of did prep, but we we pretty much weaved everything I was thinking about into it. But it, yeah. it went a different way than what I thought. Yeah, same here, same here. So, so yeah. no, nah, it's been uh, it's been it's been amazing. It's been amazing, and um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give people give people the socials yeah um so for me if you want to find me the usual places are instagram um at dy daily twitter at dy daily uh if you're watching on youtube that means you already know where we are if you're listening on one of the podcasting platforms and you want to get the visual side of it then just uh find us daily perspective on youtube um if you're watching on YouTube and you want to take us out on the move with you, then, you know, check us out on the podcast. So yep. you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever the major podcasting platforms, we are on there. Um, and obviously there was also the dailyperspective.co.uk as well. Um, I'm trying to get some stuff out on Medium. I want to start doing more... Um, some more written material on a, on a, on a more frequent basis. Um, so again, I, I will keep people posted on, on when that's going to start. Um, writing is something that I love, as I've said in the past about this, um, I'm working on my book, um, and I can't wait to finish my book and share my book with people. So there is so much, and it's funny, Again, Terrence will tell you this is another thing we both found out we had in common. I was working on a book. Terrence is working on a book. There mm -hmm. is just is it's just the similarities just amaze us. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can't wait to share that with you. I will keep you guys posted on all the things that are happening. Um, I'm going to speak it into into existence, but there are documentaries that are wrapped up in my soul that I want to get out there and share with you guys. There yep. are so many things, um, so many creative projects that are in my in me that I want to share. We've got VFit, 
um, which is uh, myself and my wife's project. It's going to cover off uh, a lot of things for, for couples. The first part of that is our new podcast, which should be coming in a, in a few weeks, uh, which is called Free Kids Later. So, um, again, be, you know, we're, we're looking forward to share something about black love, but not just black love, black Christian love. Um, so we, we can't wait to, to, to get that out there. And don't be coming on there thinking this is going to be so boring. Um, oh, Jesus, this. And nah, we, we keep it real. My, my wife crazy. <laughs> she she is she is like me she is funny she is yeah. she but you know for me I, I would always say this but she's amazing she is amazing but she has such a heart for people and that is yeah. she has a heart for people she has a heart for couples um she has a heart to see relationships thrive and you know it hurts her just the same way it hurts me when we see couples go through pain and breakups and things like that so um a lot of people always ask us how did you how do you guys get through this and how did you survive this so that's what that's where free kids later came from that's what it was born from but the same way she she says I like to overshare, so that's probably what you'll get from me on on the on the podcast, the oversharing. But yeah. we have been through so many different things in life um, and had to, to overcome so many challenges that we couldn't help but share what God has put in us to give and help other people. But we do it, we're about real life. I don't over spirit. It's not about over spiritualizing marriage or over spiritualizing any aspect of relationships. It's about giving you relationships as they happen, real life, the real challenges, but giving you a Christian lens as well to, to understand um, how to, to truly do biblical marriage in this modern time. And again, that's what my book is about. It's about biblical marriage, but from a man's perspective. So, uh, that's all, all that's all that's the stuff that's coming in the future. Um, I'm gonna shift over to Terrence. Let Terrence, let Terrence <laughs> tell you about what our progress has got coming up. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, y'all, you know, David got a lot of stuff coming, and it's like I said, I believe that the stuff that him and his wife are doing is gonna bless a lot of people, uh, a lot bless a lot of couples, and it's good to see, you know, black young black couples. Um, doing ministry together uh, and also preparing other people for things uh, health wise and relationship wise and everything else. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a, you know, that's a, that's a blessing and it's a, it's going to be a lot of fruit that's going to be from that. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then like book wise too, I, I think that's going to be real good. Cause we talked about some of the parts of it too. Uh, over the past couple months. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I, I will be getting it when it's, when, when it's released. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll be getting it. Uh, so for me and our progress, we are in the finalizing stages of preparing for our, uh, we're not calling them classes, it's our life labs. So this is where people can come in and learn more about how to have a more uh, effective and purposeful life. 
in our different uh, growth paths. So we are preparing at least probably two to three that we will run for about five weeks before the end of the year as pilots. And then January 2021 will be the full launch. And so we're going to do more of a full media, social media, uh, virtual, um, it's not a vir- it won't be a grand opening, but it'll be a, a virtual open house of all the things that we're providing. Um, like I said, I am working. I'm going through the different stages of my book. So I sent David an overview of mine uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And so mine is the dream journey. It will be a series of many books uh, on the path to your purpose and what it looks like was how do you experience it but doing it in what I'm calling it a, a multi-sensory experience. So it won't be something you just read. It'll be things that you watch. It'll be things that you listen to. It'll be activities that you actually do in real time and things that you can write as far as uh, processing and planning on what your steps are. So it is a, it is the thing that I know I was created to do. It has mm. been heavy on me for years, for many years, uh, and I believe that was the thing I, I had to leave my job for, um, is to really focus on that. So it is something that I, I'm really taking seriously. That's why I didn't rush it. I could have rushed them out a couple of years ago, but it, it just didn't feel right. But this yeah. this feels right now. Um, and so I believe it's going to be a blessing to a lot of people. That's, that's what I'm focused on. Um, because if if this resonates how it's supposed to, I would make my contribution in the dreams of so many other people. And that's that's what I'm focused on. That's what I want the book to be, is to be the foundation for the first steps in people's dream. And and so if that's my role in it, that's that's what I that's my part I want to play. So uh, Mike like the same as David, I am thinking about some things on Medium too. I was supposed to write some stuff a couple months ago. <laughs> uh, I got some stuff in various drafts, so I actually got a couple of things that I, you know, I'm not gonna say I should have put up. It just I've been working on them, and the time will be right for me to release them. So yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be hard on myself like that. But uh, so yeah, the Medium is uh, something that I will be releasing some articles on too, and. More than likely, I will be starting my own podcast. I think we're just going to hold it until the beginning of next year. Um, but I'm working on that now. And uh, we are finalizing the intern now. And then we should have some apprentices coming before the end of the month. So our progress is expanding. Yeah. Uh, which I'm yeah. happy about. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Round of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> Cause I've been I've been praying I've been praying for interns and stuff for about a year I've been praying for yeah. a long time so uh, we are getting those in place and, and we really gonna mentor um, the people that's coming aboard too so we really gonna sow into them too as far as their their purpose and their next steps in their career so we just you know anything we can do to kind of help people steer them toward what they really want to do and anything that we have experience-wise, knowledge-wise, that we can give to other people, that really makes us happy. Like, we really do love mentoring people. 
Um, sometimes we can get too excited. I yeah. think me and Ken, <laughs> me and Ken, Kendrick, work, Kendrick working with somebody now. He's probably gonna be a, a, a graduate assistant in the in the in the spring. And me and Kendrick had a talk with him, and we were just going back and forth like, oh, this, this, oh, this. and I was like, man, we, okay, uh, Kendrick, we gotta stop talking because we overwhelmed. Uh, like we we got too excited. <laughs> we got too excited. We we get excited about pouring into people. So. Uh, so yeah, so we should have a, a graduate assistant in in the spring too. So uh, it's like it's it's coming together. It's a process. It's just being patient. Um, but you know, it's all it's all it's all going to come together like it needs to. So uh, yeah. So yeah. So the rest of the year is just prep, pilot testing some things, getting the team expanded, and then uh, preparing for a full launch in January and so we have a lot of things in store for January and um yeah and you connect with us Facebook live every Monday and Thursday at 12 uh noon central standard time uh if you're not a part of our take the journey group you can get a part of that uh you want to reach us email info at our progresscc.com uh our website is www.iprogress.cc uh, and it will be updated soon um, so what, if you go in there now what you see now and what you will see in maybe a week or so will be a little different so go to the website like yeah. the next year and it yeah. should be I mean beginning of the next month and it should be all together it'll be popping <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 uh, dope dope so um, yeah I was there was one thing and I think I might save it for next week. Okay. Um, but I was, oh, okay. I know what you. I know what you. I, oh, you're gonna say though. Okay. I, I was yeah. gonna say so you because you you did um, your one of your most recent projects was the journals, mm-hmm. and I know you do a lot of journaling. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was gonna ask whether you know are you guys at any point gonna release. Um, journals for people to purchase so that they can then you know really get because part of creating your your purpose and, and walking into your purpose requires you to journal to, to document your journey so yeah. and, but a lot of people don't know how to do that so yeah yeah so I'm glad you said that so yes uh, that is why we bring on these apprentices and stuff because we have um now we do have one that's already uh, on Amazon. That's Kendrick's. Uh, it's a uh, uh, journey to healthy relationships. So that's for couples and people that want to be in relationships. And so it focuses on uh, communication, humor, fair fighting, uh, what's the other? trust, and intimacy. So those are the five areas. And so it's like a, a fifty-two. It's pretty much like a year journal. But yeah. you can do it uh, with your with your spouse, significant other, and it has a place for his and her responses. So you can do it together. You can do it one and do it one day. The other person can do it the other day, and y'all can kind of sit down and discuss it. Yeah. So that is on Amazon if you want to um, purchase that. Um, and then we are working on. Eventually, we will have a journal for each growth path. So. Uh, it will be the next one will probably be the one for 100 percent potential right. and that's getting people prepared of uh, how do they 
be their best self every day or work towards that. Um, cool. So that will probably be the, the next one. So yeah, that is something. And we will try and make them to where you don't have to just get the hard copy, but it'll be, uh, you know, PDFs that you can type directly into. So if you don't want to print it out, yeah, you could just have it, save it, whatever like that. Um, and though that will be worked into the Life Labs too. So we're working on having journals right. that correspond with that too. So people can document as they learn. Cool. Cool. That sounds good. That sounds good. So let's wrap this up as we normally do. And so we're yeah. going to remind you that Christianity is a personal walk and relationship between you and God. You are not, will not, and never will be perfect, but that's okay. God loves you and wants you to come just as you are. His grace covers all. Live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself. Be renewed by the grace of God through Christ Jesus and become who you were created to be. And with that said, this is Mr. Daily signing off. And he missed his cue. Oh, he missed his cue. He missed his cue. Look, you were saying You were saying pop talk. Okay, let's rewind. Let's rewind. Rewind. So this is this is Mr. Daly signing off. And this is this is Dr. Johnson signing off. And yeah, we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.